What's going on, everybody? Brandon back for another episode today. Today, I'm talking all things Warriors with my good friend from college, Michael De La Rosa. Um, me and Mike hooped together quite a bit at Texas A&M when we were both there. Both graduated from the school. And um, he's one of the more sound Warrior fans I know. A lot of them are very hyperbolic, but uh, Mike keeps it pretty real. And we just discuss, you know, the different phase of this Warriors team. We discuss which lineups he feels is beneficial. And uh, this is all recorded previous to the Mavericks versus Warriors tonight. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and Hopefully share it with a friend. Appreciate you guys. Let's get right into it. All right. So like I said, I'm here with my boy, Mike. Went to A&M together, hooped together on the regular. Um, and if anyone knows anything about the Warriors, it's going to be my boy, Mike, here. So Mike, a couple years off of, you know, the title runs, a couple years off of the dynasty and whatnot. Um, you get Clay injured again this offseason. And like the dynamic of the team changes, obviously. So you bring in a guy like Kelly Oubre, um, you have Andrew Wiggins on the squad, you bring in a guy like Kent Bazemore. Um, how do you feel um, about watching the team now, you know, where it's a lot less shooting and skill and a lot more athleticism in running and transition? Do you think that is a good adjustment moving forward? Yeah, man, uh, <clears throat> it's totally different, dude. From from a couple years ago with Clay, Katie, Steph, you know that that shit was <laughs> yeah, that was, was overpowered. <laughs> yeah, that's od. That that was different, bro. But yeah. uh, even last year, man, um, they had some spurts last year uh, with D'Lo and Draymond. I really, I I love that pairing. Uh, when they made the trade for Wiggins, uh, I was on the fence about it at first. I was on the fence about it because just how Wiggins has played in Minnesota, all the talk surrounding him. Yeah. But uh but he's fitting really well, man. Like I I honestly didn't think he would, but he's fitting just cuz he couldn't space the floor <clears throat> and he wasn't as good as a three-point shooter as he is now, but he fit right in, man. Uh And like you said the additions of Oubre and Kent Bazemore, dude. I love it cuz I feel like in transition that that's where Steph flourishes, man. Yeah. He's he's either going to pull up from 40 <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you if you don't pick up ball at half court, he's pulling up from forty. Mm-hmm. If you do, he's taking you to the cup. Finish uh, another and one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. And that's uh, also like Bazemore, Ubre. If they're running the wings in transition, they're definitely cutting. Steph's gonna find them. No look yeah. behind the behind the back, left-handed pass around the defender. Especially if the defender steps up, mm-hmm. picks up ball, which is Steph. He's he's gonna see those cutters. They're gonna get a, a rim run every single time, dude. Uh, so I think that transition, uh, all those athletic guys, all that running in transition, I, I think it definitely plays uh, bodes well for us, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's that's one thing Steve Kerr doesn't get enough credit for. You know, for all the idiots out there who didn't really watch you guys when y'all were in y'all's prime. They just thought, oh, Steve Kerr just got gifted all these great players. But really, he brought that talent and put it in the best possible position to win because, yeah. you know, you guys were tested in a few series, uh, you know, most notably the Rockets. Um, 
uh, OKC 2016. But like Steve Kerr, to me, all he's done is prove both of us right in the fact that he's a great coach because it could have been very easy for him to say, oh, we'll just punt on this season again, not be competitive and just wait till Clay comes back. But he's really going for it. And like you said, he's playing well to y'all's strengths. So um, generally the Warriors like shoot a lot of threes this year, 12th in threes, um, but sixth in free throw attempts. So it, like you said, all that athleticism and, tra and transition is, is paying off um, and getting them free throws, easier shots, things like that. Yeah, dude. They're, they're definitely getting to the rim and they're drawing that contact, man. Especially Steph. Steph mm -hmm. has been... Steph has been getting to the line this year a lot more than he has in the past previous years, man. So another guy that we haven't talked about yet fits the athleticism mold. Your number two pick, James Wiseman. Um, I know you see me all the time on Twitter. I'm like, every time I watch this guy, I'm like, wow, he's gotten a little bit better, you know, from the previous game. Um, but one thing I've noticed, I've watched a few fair uh, of you guys' games, and I've noticed when like it's a close game under eight points or something like that, Steve Kerr tends to go with what he knows, which most coaches do, you know, and he rolls that Draymond at the five lineup out there with um, Steph and then three other guys, whoever is really feeling it that night. Um, so as a Warrior fan, moving forward, would you like to see Wiseman close those games out or do you kind of like it how it is with Draymond at the five, switch everything and just be that death lineup that you, that, you know? Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think Wiseman should start finishing games, dude. Um, mm -hmm. We lack size as I'm sure, as you saw with the game yesterday against Boston, when Looney went down, we got out rebounded by a lot, dude, by a large margin, yeah. we got out rebounded. <clears throat> so we definitely need that size in there. Uh, I know Draymond at the five position, uh, He's just too small, man. Like, mm -hmm. I know they're going to get out and run with Draymond there at the five. And, uh, hold on. yeah, like I said, I know they're going to get out and run with Draymond at the five. But I think putting Wiseman at the five, uh, I think just throwing him in the fire, you know, letting him get that experience. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the top four, four or five player on our team. I think he's going to give us the best chance to win. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all you can ask for from the players, man. Just as a coach, you want to put the best players out there that give you the best chance to win. So yeah. I think – I definitely think he should be finishing games. He should get that experience and uh, just be thrown into the fire, man. I don't think they should hold him back. I agree with you. I think the few areas that he does struggle with, like, for example, early on in the season, he had a hard time with uh, pick-and-roll defense because, I mean – can't blame him. He's a rookie who didn't have a preseason or a training camp to train. Um, three games like in you college. said, yeah, three games in college um, before the NCAA, NCAA screwed with them. But um, like you said, I, I kind of prefer him to just kind of learn by error um, because you had a lot invested in him, number two pick. And from everything that we've seen, like this guy, there's nothing on the court he can't do. <laughs> He might not be able to do it all at a high level yet, but he can do everything on the court. He can grab a board, take it a uh, full court and go dunk on someone. He can shoot the three. Uh, he's a good passer in the short roll when Curry gets double teamed and uh, kind of like Draymond, like um, Curry gets doubled, 
pocket pass to Wiseman. He can make that next play that I really like. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I kind of think there's no reason for him not to start finishing these games as we move forward. Exactly. Yeah, man, I, I mean, <clears throat> if he was to finish games, I mean, we all know we're not going to expect him to drop freaking 15 points in, uh, in crunch time. You know, we're not going right. to – yeah, we're not going to run the offense through him. But if he gets that experience, um, builds on that, like I said, he only had three games in college. So we're not going to expect – him to go close out games for us uh, in an ISO situation. But I mean, like, he does, he gives us the best chance to win and that's all you can ask for, man. Yeah. So transitioning into my next question, which I guess is kind of related. We've seen a lot of different lineups um, with the Warriors this year. Obviously when Wiseman, uh, Wiseman was hurt in yesterday's game, didn't get to play. Um, We've seen the starting group with uh, Curry, Oubre, Wiggins, Wiseman, Draymond. Uh, I really like that bench unit when Pascal comes in. Uh, what would your favorite lineup be that you've seen? Is it the starters? Is it a different lineup? What What do you think is your favorite lineup to watch when you watch your team? So my favorite lineup, dude, is uh, all the starters, except taking Oubre out of there and putting them in for for putting D Lee in for him, man. Mm. I love, I love Damian Lee, dude. Yeah. He compete, he's a dog. He competes on defense. He's a sniper from outside. Mm. I think he spaces the floor really well for that lineup. Having him, Wiggins, Steph, Draymond, and uh, Wiseman out there, man. I think that's, that's tough. I like it too. For all the reasons you name, he, he tries his ass off for one. Like you, you'll never, you'll never blame Damian Lee for being lazy or anything like that. Um, yeah. Like you said, he's going to provide a lot better spacing than Ubre, And I actually think when Ubre sits and then comes in with the second unit, it does him, you know, uh, a favor as well, because Ubre can just focus in on scoring, getting downhill, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think, honestly, that would probably be y'all's best lineup. I really like the – we saw a lineup yesterday in Boston where it was Steph, um, Pascal, Green – Bazemore and Wiggins I really like that one too where it's like you have you have the two undersized fives out there but they complement each other well mm -hmm. um EP shoots the hell out of it and he's aggressive as I, I swear <laughs> I wish I had him on the Lakers sometime because like he's not going to be denied you know he can miss two he, shots in a row he's, he's going to get fouled the next time like you know what I mean <laughs> I love watching really him good. play bro <laughs> um but yeah I, I like that lineup and I think going forward you know we might see it more because um, obviously yesterday in the Celtics game, um, the Steph on the bench minutes were an issue. So yeah. it's like, if you can stagger it more to where Ubre and Wiggins come on when Steph goes off, I think that would, you know, serve the team better. Yeah, for sure, dude. And I, I love EP, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, on, on defensively, he can, he reminds me of PJ Tucker in the post. Yeah, like not not too not super tall, but they got that big wide body, dude, and they they can bang down there. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love EP, man. He's yeah. he's a dog. All right, and then uh, one more question I have for you here, as we as I mentioned at the start, you guys are accustomed to winning, and not just winning in the regular season, winning titles, right? Three of the last five. Um, how do you think Steph? And Draymond, you know, as 
perennial winners as guys who, um, when they're fully healthy, when their squad is fully healthy, they're in the finals, like guaranteed. How do you think guys like that have handled uh, this season where there's been so many adjustments, there's been so many moving parts. You got a rookie who's starting, you've got uh, Kelly Oubre who's brand new, uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins who didn't really get to play with those guys last year because um, Steph was hurt. Um, how do you think the leaders of your of your team have handled you know the new the new environment? I think they've handled it well, man. Um, they, I wouldn't say they have they've handled it the best because we're still a middle of the pack team. You know, we I I heard a stat during yesterday's game that we haven't won more than two games, but we haven't lost more than two games in a row. So it's just like we're in that middle of the pack. But I think like Draymond and Steph, they've brought the best out of both Wiggins. They're bringing the best out of Wiseman. Oh, yeah. So I think, so I, I think they're flourishing in that leadership role, man. Uh, but f- as for like getting used to the team we are now, not winning all the time, I think Draymond had a little taste of that last year when, mm. we, were, when we were in the dumps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Steph was hurt most most of last year, but I think Draymond got to experience that a little bit. So I think uh, he's flourished better at that, <clears throat> having that experience from last year. Steph experienced it for very little, for a few games before he broke his hand and then came back uh, that one game against the Raptors where we competed with them. And then after COVID happened and uh, they had to shut that, that thing down. But I think they've done well in their roles man as as leaders <clears throat> bringing that defensive mentality first of all from Wiggins because man Wiggins has been oh on you're right de- on defense dude like shutting down I, Kawhi I'll, I'll speak personally I thought two years ago I thought Andrew Wiggins was done I thought he was gonna be <laughs> I thought he was gonna be Jabari Parker like oh. we're waiting on him to be great we're waiting on him to be great and yeah. next thing you know he's in Sacramento you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but you're right, like Draymond, Steph, they demand excellence. They demand, um, you know, not to make the same mistake twice. And I think it's it's brought the best I've seen out of Wiggins. Like like you said, he's getting matched up with guys like Kawhi. When y'all played us, he was on LeBron. Um, last night, he was on Tatum. And, like, he's holding his own. Like, these guys are not getting easy points. They're having to work. He's getting, a, like, a block a game. Um, yeah, dude, it's insane. Uh, there was like a stat. He was like, uh, aside from bigs, he's top three in blocks in, in the uh, league this season. So it's just like, he he's on a different level, man. Uh, the only thing I have, I don't know, man. I don't know how Ubre fits into this whole scheme, dude. Mm. Uh, I saw a stat recently also that uh, having Ubre and Steph on the court at the same time, it was a uh, in terms of plus minus, Ubre is. Uh, Ubre with Steph is the worst pairing. That's is Ubre is the worst teammate that Steph has ever had in terms of plus oh, minus. Wow. Oh wow! Yeah, man. So it's I don't I don't know how he fits. I I, I could believe it though, because when I watch, like like we were saying, like the second he comes off and you throw D Lee or you throw Baysmore in with the starters, like you said, the offense flows. Yesterday against Boston, you're hanging tight with them in the first quarter, and then he goes and sits, and then you go up by 13 points. And I think long-term, maybe his role is sixth man, spark plug guy. But at the same time, I really like 
no matter how bad Ubre is shooting or playing on offense, like that guy is gonna give it 110% defensively. Yeah, um, dude. I single-handedly think his energy was the reason you guys beat us um, on Martin Luther King Day. Like he was, he was up in people's faces, taking charges, doing the little first down thing, <laughs> blowing kisses to Montrezl Harrell. <laughs> Um, so it, it's one of those tough decisions because, like you said, I think the most optimal lineup basketball-wise is him to come off the bench. But yeah. I think the intangible stuff is kind of hard to not have him start, you know? Yeah, for sure. And and I agree, man. His The way he plays defensively, uh, deflections, all in people's drawing charges, yeah. drawing offensive foul. Dude, I think he's <laughs> on the court. He's one of my favorite players to watch, dude. But um, – I think it's just offensively that mm-hmm. he struggles a little bit with that starting lineup, like you said. Um, but if he comes off the bench as a six man, I think he'll he'll definitely flourish. But it, it just all depends how mentally how he takes that mentally getting yeah. put in that six man role. And then the last question I have for you before we before I let you go, and I didn't prep you for this. Um, so I'm looking at the standings now. If the season ends today, you guys are the eighth seed. Um, you know, in the in the play-in tournament, I keep forgetting there's a play-in this year. Um, Me too, dude. If I ask you the ceiling of ceilings of this team without Clay Thompson, what is that to Michael? Uh, in terms of seeding, or or just like of, you know, like deep, first round yeah. exit, second round, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, realistically, man, I don't want to be biased. I want my biasness wants to say, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna win the ship." Yeah, but. Uh, Realistically, I say second or third round, man. I think second, realistically, second. I, I would say second round, dude. Yeah. Well, I, it just depends if we make any moves uh, before the trade deadline. Right. Depends who we pick, who we pick up in the buyout market. Um, it just all depends how our roster looks and how well the team is fitting at that time. I mean, if if uh, if we're flourishing, Ubre starts to pick it up and everybody's hitting on all cylinders come playoff time. I I don't know. I think we could be scary. I agree. I think, you know, obviously these standings will change, but let's just say hypothetically, you guys find yourself matched up with like the Jazz in a first round series or like the, maybe the Nuggets or something like that. I could easily see the star power of Stephen Curry overwhelming teams like that who haven't quite um, gotten over the hump themselves, whereas Steph, Draymond, uh, Steve Kerr, these guys know what it is to win a playoff series. They know what it is to come down, uh, come back from down three with 30 seconds left. They're, you know, they're they're calm in that type of pressure. So I think it really is about matchups. Realistically, like you said, I would probably say second round exit because maybe like by that time you face one of the LA teams. But if you're able to avoid both of those teams. To me, like, you guys are just as potent as a Phoenix or Utah or Portland or anything like that because I think out of those three teams, you have the best player. Yeah, for sure. And I think when it comes to that, honestly, I think I think Wiseman's the key, man. Mm. The, if he if he develops uh, with the t- one entire season under his belt, one regular season under his belt, and he's clicking on all cylinders at playoff time, he's averaging, let's say, 18 and 10. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's going to be dangerous, dude. Yeah. But I, I think, I really think Wiseman is the key. 
So that that's why I also think that Kerr should just throw him in the fire, get get him that experience. I agree with you, bro. And I think the this is one of the weird teams where the present is super bright, but the future also is bright. You know, you've got Clay coming back. You've got the number whatever pick from Minnesota, you know, <laughs> yeah, the because they're god-awful. Um, <laughs> you have a guy like Stephen Curry, who both our favorite players, um, he's never – his game's never going to age, like, in a way like Westbrook where it looks ugly, or a guy like um, like John Wall who, you know, it, it doesn't look the same. Like, he, his game's going to age gracefully. You got Draymond as the heart and soul, Clay coming back. You got Wiseman. I think – I think the future is very, very bright for you guys. Yeah, man. And I, it just depends how Clay comes back next season. Uh, I want to be super hopeful just seeing how KD and John Wall have come back from their Achilles. But he's also coming off an ACL. So, right. it's, like, so it's like, damn, it's been two years almost. Mm-hmm. It's going to be two and a half years when he actually does come back to play. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's pray for Rodney Magruder <laughs> because, <laughs> because if he's, he's Clay Thompson he's on the court, he's going to be out to the league soon, man. <laughs> if he's in the league next year and Clay comes back, Clay might go for 80. So <laughs> let's pray for Rodney Magruder. But, uh, Mike, I appreciate you joining me, bro. And we'll do it again soon, my brother. Yes, sir. Sounds good, boss. Thank you for having me, man. Sure.